And now it's time for Madison's Mad Facts with your host, Madison Standish. Hey everybody, it's Madison. Welcome to another Madison on the Air bonus feature of Madison's Mad Facts, where we look at the way things were in real life back during these old-timey radio shows. Our most recent episode is Casey Crime Photographer. Once again, we have some spoilers here, so I totes recommend you listen to our full episode first. Alrighty. For this Madison's Mad Facts, we're going to talk about the history of photography specifically related to photo manipulation. Here to chat with me is our voice of Ethelbert, the Blue Note bartender, Jeremy Sage. Hey, Jeremy. Sup? Hi, Madison. Thanks for having me on. So we can pretty much safely say everyone listening is familiar with digital photos being manipulated in one way or another. We've all heard of Photoshop. You've actually worked as a graphic designer, so you've done this professionally, right? Yeah, photo manipulation can be anything from fixing lighting, color, red eye, cropping, and so on. It's absolutely commonplace, and everyone from professional photographers to people with a photo app on their phones can do it to get the best possible photo. But it's not just a modern-day digital photo trend, right? Oh, not at all. From the very beginnings of photography, there have been photographers manipulating their images after they've been taken. Early on, it was very time-consuming and costly, but by 1878, photo negatives were glass, which was very well suited for manual image retouching. A special table was used that could be positioned in variable inclines. Think like a drafting table. The negative was positioned in the center across a surface that allowed light to come from behind and illuminate the image using mirrors directing the angle of the light. Curtains were drawn on all sides, and there was a sort of lid that covered the photographer's head to block out light from above. This was before electricity was common, so the table would have to be positioned to take advantage of light coming from a nearby window. So what would they be touching up? Just like today, most images were manipulated for the vanity of the subject. If a photographer took a portrait, they'd fix wrinkles, double chins, bad shadows, parts of clothing that may not have turned out flattering, and so on. The process was called etching, and in order to do this very detailed work, the retoucher would use a blade similar to a surgeon's scalpel. In the 1910s, when flexible negatives were invented and became widely used, the same technique was still being utilized. OMG, so those old-timey portraits we see from, like, the late 1800s and early 1900s were totally touched up and not what those people actually looked like? Yeah, much like our own profile pictures on social media today. No comment. But photo manipulation wasn't always for vanity. Some commercial studios around the 1910s offered an editing service for group photos. If everyone in the group couldn't attend the original photo shoot, the studio would take a separate photo of the missing member and add them to the original shot. Looking at the images now, the collage technique wasn't exactly flawless, but being an innovation of the time, it was a very popular service. Oh, I've seen some of those! The people look like they're floating over the ground because there aren't any shadows under their feet. (laughs) Yeah, that kind of detail would be very costly. And, well, these were commercial studios along the lines of a modern-day baby photography studio in the mall. Gotcha. Another popular manipulation for group photos was removing someone. Oh, I've totally done that. Hello, eraser tool. Well, early in the 1900s, there were a lot of group photos of sports teams. However, if a player left the team or was traded, the photo manipulator would just cut them out as if they'd never been there. Or maybe add a player who joined the team later on. This was also true of military photos. As regiments would change the men in their ranks, the group photo would be updated. This has led to a lot of conspiracy theories here in modern day. There are photos that are believed to include ghosts because the image has a soldier who was killed prior to the date labeled on the group photo. 
But the real explanation was a photo manipulator had added an older photo of the soldier to the image as a way to include him. Okay, good segue. Let's talk about ghost photos. In our episode of Casey Crime Photographer, the old man shows me and Casey a picture of himself with what appears to be the ghostly face of his dead wife. While there were swindlers of the era, generally this kind of photography was done on purpose at the request of the families of the deceased loved ones. Much like the doctored military photos, families would want to include those who had passed away, so photo manipulators would be requested to add them, and the overlaying technique that Casey mentions in the episode would be used. Unlike the commercial studios who would have a negative of all the missing parties they wanted to join together in one photo, this overlaying technique would have the negative of the living subjects, but have to merge them with a photo of the deceased subjects since they weren't there to sit for a new photo. This is what gave the ethereal or ghostly look that we're used to seeing in such pictures. So we've never really been able to trust our eyes when we look at a photo, huh? Well, frankly, we can't trust our eyes when we look at anything, but that's besides the point. When it comes down to it, the art of photography can and has been manipulated since the first photographs were taken in the early 1800s. There are many photographers who manipulate photos for artistic purposes, pushing the limit of modern technology throughout the decades. But we'll always have people who alter photos and try to manipulate us into believing they are genuine. The best bet is to never take anything at face value. Especially with selfie filters. Okay, thank you, Jeremy, for chatting with us about the history of photo manipulation. Well, thank you for having me on. I uh, hope this helped out a little bit, and you might be able to use some of those techniques on your Insta. Thank you guys for listening to our little bonus feature, Madison's Mad Facts, and get ready for new episodes of Madison on the Air to premiere the first of every month.